What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bidcast. Today, episode 62. Uh, I've got myself, Bert Signs, Dan Rodriguez coming back after a uh, vacation out in the Colorado mountains, which we're all jealous of, Dan. Um, <laughs> other than you getting sick, of course. So a couple of housekeeping items before we get started. So I want to just give a shout out for, to Colt Eastwood for joining us last week while Dan was gone. That was a fun episode. So if you haven't checked out Colt's stuff yet after listening to us, please do. Um, I also want to comment that we've passed 1,250 subs on YouTube, so just wanted to thank everyone that tunes in. If you're listening to us, thank you as well. Um, but for everyone who watches us on YouTube, uh, subscribe, likes, truly appreciate it. And uh, as you've seen, we're trying to keep the content more updated there as well, especially with some of the things from E3. So thank you for that. Speaking of E3, we hadn't covered this because we had a kind of a mixed up schedule since E3 and Dan was on vacation, but we wanted to revisit the trivia we did. So uh, if you remember prior to E3, we did trivia. We kind of shared it with everyone. We have to check out the results of people that took it with us. I know we have a couple of our regulars that did that with us, so I will go back and do that. But among the three of us, um, Bert, I got some disappointing news for you. So we had 26 questions or so. Dan and I actually tied at 14. Bert, you got 10. So you know, I, I don't even know. I don't even remember what that means, but I think you owe us something. Uh, I, I think there's a bunch of nonsense in those voting questions. I bet you <laughs> credit was given where it shouldn't be given, etc. You know. That sounds like uh, anyone, they're, they're public, you know, it's 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 public knowledge, so mm -hmm. we can check that out. I gotta say that banjo coming back, you know, that was a big one. Mm -hmm. Um anyway, <laughs> so that's where we landed. Uh, we'll hilarious. see. Go ahead, Dan. No, just... Poor bird. I feel bad. <laughs> fake stats. Fake yep. stats is what it is. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes, these are uh, alternative questions apparently yeah. all right let's get to the news the news is really light everyone so um you know as we keep talking about after e3 it seems to slow down even though there's some decent games releasing um actual news from the companies has been extremely light since e3 so we've only got a few things to cover but let's go ahead and chat about them so one of the biggest couple things on the playstation front here is that ea access uh, is finally coming to the playstation 4 we talked about that, uh, I know, a couple months ago when they announced it was coming, but we have a firm date now, which is July 24th. So just about three, a little over three weeks from as we're recording this. Um, all three of us, I know, are subscribers or have been subscribers on the Xbox platform, which, funny enough, launched officially uh, in beta form on July 29th of 2014. So it's actually been five years since this launched on the Xbox One, almost the entire generation, believe it or not. Uh, but it is finally coming to PlayStation, so, you know, if from an EA perspective uh, with Anthem and everything we've talked about, they they uh, are, I don't even really know what to say at this point, but um, if you want early access to titles, some demos, 10% off of, uh, you know, all digital versions of games and also add-ons. So if you do things like buy coins for Apex Legends or buy DLC, uh, you get 10% off of that as well. So it's usually a pretty good value, but... At least good to see that Sony's finally allowing the support on the PlayStation. Yeah, it's cool to see that they're doing that. I remember them saying they didn't care to do it back when it was initially offered, but that's unfortunate. At the same time, EA's not exactly the biggest publisher slash developer current at this, I should say, at this current time. There is a few good games to get out there for you. Anthem was a good one to test for those 10 trial hours. I'm glad I didn't jump on buying that one. But, you know, there's it, it's a good program. It's cheap. I think it's, what was it? 
25 or 29 dollars per year or something like that yeah it's, so yeah, it's 30 dollars a year yeah. if you buy it for the year but you can usually find it for 2025 online yeah. so you're paying you know two bucks three bucks per month or whatever it's it's pretty cheap for what you're getting and if you're a madden or an nhl player um as far as throughout the year those are fun to play they become free roughly right after the season is over for that sport but it's still fun to play with friends yeah and actually it's on sale for the xbox right now i think on cd keys for about 17 18 bucks um it's a good deal for that much um it also gives you 10 percent off of like your packs and all that other stuff um you've got jedi fallen order coming out madden fifa um you can save 10 percent right off the bat uh with those so if you haven't pre-ordered any of those for the ps4 yet and you're planning on getting this hold off and you may be able to get a little bit of discount i think it's a good deal um some of the games are you know a little bit dated anymore um but it's still nice to see PlayStation getting some of these services. So. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, you made a good point there. There's a lot of people do dump a ton of money into Ultimate Team, you know, and all the sports games. So that can save you a lot of money if you're typically out there buying packs. Um, but games like, you know, Battlefield Five um, is on the service now. NHL just got put on the service from last year, like Bert said. So, I mean, you know, if you're into those games, it's it's definitely worth it. So. So staying on the PlayStation, um, you know, there was an article posted by the Wall Street Journal just about two days ago talking about Sony's focus for next generation with the PlayStation 5. And it was kind of interesting, so I thought we'd touch on it in the sense that, you know, right off the bat, one of the things people don't realize about PlayStation is just how big of a percentage of Sony as a company the revenue is. So they, uh, you know, they wanted to talk about that, and they basically pointed out that at this point in time, um, the PlayStation itself and the hardware and services and games, you know, everything to do with PlayStation accounts for about as much revenue as all of the TVs, phones, and Sony pictures, meaning their movie studios combined. Um, and so people don't understand that the PlayStation is obviously critical to Sony as a company, whereas, you know, something like the Xbox is only a small portion of what Microsoft represents from a financial perspective. So their focus going into next gen seems to be more of the same. Um, you know, we're hearing about all these other technologies we've talked about and moving to the future and being able to play your games anywhere and, you know, cloud services and everything to do with where the industry is headed. Sony is basically doubling down on what they did this generation, which is to focus on the console itself, people playing at home, um, focusing on bigger budget games, even if they are rare to release. You know, if you think about their biggest studios, they really only released one, if not two major titles this entire generation. Uh, titles like God of War, for instance. Um, and while indies, you know, smaller developers and publishers, they said are welcome on the platform, they're not their focus due to limited resources. And so this I just found was interesting because, you know, it, it seemed to work very well for Sony this generation, uh, among other things. And it has led the conversation, you know, in a lot of the social media space around what the PlayStation represents. So given their fan base, given what's important to PlayStation, I can't say this is the wrong direction. But, I, you know, as we've seen in the background, they'll probably be making moves on other fronts. They just won't talk about it as much. All right, yeah. So I, I, I think exactly what you were saying, Ains. I think they're going to be playing it safe. It's one of those things that if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, they've done really well from a console sales perspective. A lot of people are really loving the exclusives that have come out. It's almost 
you know, it'd be kind of dumb not to think that those exclusives that were massive this generation are not going to be getting a sequel. Your God of Wars, your Spider-Mans, those types of things. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, it's been like one of the worst secrets ever that there is a sequel coming. I think Sony even said that this is one of their biggest franchises going forward. So I really think that that's going to be their same model the next generation. They're going to kind of stagger them out as they go. We still have a few that haven't even been released. We don't know if Last of Us 2 is going to have a sequel, if they're just going to end it there. But I, I do expect kind of to your point again the naughty dog is going to have that big single player experience next generation that's going to take itself through that generation and who knows what happens to the generation after that but yeah i think this is more of the same um i don't really see them revolution uh re i sh should say revolutionizing anything next generation from a software perspective but it, it does look pretty good in, in the long run i'm excited to see what they have just as much as xbox and i don't really even know what to think of nintendo at this point from a from an evolution standpoint i don't even know what they have down there uh, their pipe or anything like that <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's here, here's the thing if it's not broke don't fix it um people you know obviously it's working um but you also have to keep in mind that you know that the game industry is constantly evolving um we look at what xbox is doing right now with all of their services with the cloud gaming which sony has signed on to use their servers so they're at least getting on you know the boat in that respect, um, indies will probably still come out for it. You're still going to get all the third-party stuff, um, but people love their story-based exclusives, and um, right now that's probably the best place to go for them. And you, you you can sit there and 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 get into the wars and get into the whole social media stuff, but you know it, when it comes down to it, Sony's just doing what's best for them, what's worked for them in the past, and. Um, I'm excited for it, so I, I want to see what you know the new hardware brings for both PlayStation and Sony. I want to see what games they're going to start bringing out to us. I want to, you know, th this is what our hobby is. You know, um, as far as everything else, I mean, I don't care about their revenue for their TVs or phones or whatever. I just want to see games, and I've always kind of been that way um, with every platform. Um, so bring it on, you know what? I gotta get that in there at least once per episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> so let me pose one thing to you guys as we think about where this is going, right? So we know that xCloud is, uh, we played it at E3, demoed it, wrote an article about it, we talked about it at length. We know that it's going into preview this fall. That gives them another year of development before you know allowing people to use it in the public, which I think they'll be ready for, um, if not by next fall, by very, very early next generation. So we think we look at something like the Switch, and, and the Switch is a resounding success. Um, I mean, it's just blowing sales figures or sales expectations out of the water. And a lot of that, as we know, we've talked about it at that at length as well, is really just due to being able to take your games with you and people rebuying their games so that they can take their games with them wherever they go. So if you, if you think, let's imagine for a second, two years from now, so about the first year, a year into next generation, and we're at a place where both the Xbox, whatever, Scarlet and uh, PS5 are excellent consoles. I'm sure they both will be. People have, you know, fantastic experiences at home, 4K60, etc., etc. But Microsoft has an additional offer in that uh, Game Pass is expanded. Their studios are pumping games out, right? Their new studios. And so they've got a first party game, what you would call an exclusive, every, you know, few months, right? Whether it's big or small. But the, uh, the feature they have over Sony at that point is that you can take those games wherever you want. So if you take your PC or your phone or whatever device you have, 
you can play that on the go similar to people do with the Switch today. Um, I think that creates a drastically different conversation in terms of competitors uh, than we see today. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, Dan, so I'll go first just yeah, to sure. let you get your get your voice back from the cough of the sickness. Yep. Um, That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow yeah. to cough yeah. all over you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a kind of a weird opinion towards this. So I, I think Nintendo has done really, really well because they've kind of closed out their 3DS slash DS space and evolve that over into the Switch space. So I think people have said, all right, I don't need my 3DS anymore. A lot of the stuff that I want to play, I can now play on my Switch. There's actually maybe too much software on the Switch, in my opinion. I'd say probably 80% of the stuff you find on the Switch online store is garbage, and the rest of it's quality software. And then you have those Nintendo first-party experiences that are some of the best in gaming. But um, it's really weird, because I'm not a mobile gamer at all. Um, I will probably only use xCloud on business trips and things along the lines if I'm family traveling somewhere or whatever the case is. I don't see myself using it at work. I barely even see myself um, using things like remote play in my own house. So I think that that will be a great option to do. I've, I've kind of thought about that in this current generation with things like PSVR um, or things like enhanced titles between things. Am I going to choose the Xbox or the PlayStation? Because with the PlayStation, I can maybe get a VR experience, even if it's tacked on. But I think it will be a plus um, for a lot of people to uh, take stuff on the go. I'm not exactly sure if xCloud is going to be 100% ready to go right at launch. I wonder if it's one of those things that evolves throughout the generation as our internet space in the States and across the world gets better and better. But I am excited to see what it actually is and if I turn into a mobile gamer now that xCloud is here. Because, I mean, am I going to be using my iPhone for that? Am I going to take my tablet? Or will I even use, like, my work PC with me when I go somewhere? So... I think for me personally, it's still to be determined if xCloud is a game changer as to choosing different platforms. I think the Switch has to evolve in some form from a hardware perspective in order for me to really respect it on the go and from what I get at home versus on the road. So we'll see. I think we're about two to three years away from deciding if that's going to be something that the industry overall latches onto or kind of says, eh, it's not for me. Um. That's pretty much what I think as well. Um, I'm not 100% sold on not not just xCloud, but I'm just everything. Uh, I, I don't know if how much I would use it. That's the biggest thing, you know. Like I, I went on vacation, uh, used my Switch, you know, quite a bit. Um, we were kind of relaxing and uh, on my downtime, but I use that mostly for you know games that I can only find on the Switch. Um, if I had had I had my my phone and an Xbox controller and xCloud was completely rolled out, number one, I was in the middle of the mountain, so I probably wouldn't get any signal. Number two, if I did get signal, um, I don't know how much I would play it. That's my biggest question with this whole thing. The option is obviously really, really nice to have. Um, and I think, I, I don't know if it's going to change the game. You know, we come from you know, console gaming. I mean, that's what we are. We've done it for, since I was five years old, you know, I've always had that box or something there with the cartridge. And um, this is a whole new territory. And like, to your point, Bert, you know, everything needs to really evolve, not just the service itself, but also, you know, the the speeds of the, uh, you know, 5G or, or internet or whatever, you know, the speeds needed to, to really run it. Um, and make it worth your while, you know. 
I'm sure it'll be fine, you know, as far as, you know, you guys saw the demos at E3, and I can't speak on those. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited that I'll have that option. I'm just not sure how much I'll actually use it. So, and, and, and to, to, to the point we were making for Sony's focus, you know, I think they kind of are looking at it the same way. It's like we still need to bring these first-party games. We still need to bring these these games that people want. And I think Xbox needs to do that as well. But they just have this kind of ace up their sleeve, possibly. Maybe. We'll see. So one, one thing I, I want to say is on the topic, and then obviously I think you have a lot to say on it too, is I really look at Sony kind of like the Apple of gaming. They don't ever really bring something new to the market. They take something that has been tried and tested by other people, and then they implement it on their console, whether it be a better experience or something. But Apple does that with Samsung. <laughs> I dare say, even with Huawei, they copy a lot of their stuff, and then it runs better. I bet you anything, PlayStation does not really jump on the xCloud train that much until maybe three or four years into it after other people have done it, and they will not pioneer any new industry when it comes to that type of stuff. So... Um, We'll see. What, what, what are your thoughts, Arians? Yeah, well, I mean, on that last point, I completely agree. Um, I mean, if you just look at the technology over the past 25 years, the, the only thing they've really pioneered in the gaming space is really the disk drives because Sony, yeah. as a company, had that technology. Everything else has kind of been taken from elsewhere. In fact, taken from Nintendo a lot of times. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm a so I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty with you guys. I, I think I'm a little more progressive thinking, and it's probably just my my nature. Um, whether or not I use it a lot is to be determined. I think Dan and you, I think you're both right. We're we're a little bit older guys. We grew up with consoles. We're used to that home space, and we don't really get into mobile games. Um, but if I look at someone like my son, right? the up-and-comers he plays xbox at home all the time um but as soon as we leave whether we're in the car whether we're out somewhere i mean it doesn't matter where we are he's playing a game on his phone um and so you know when i speak to him about such things not that i've had an in-depth conversation about xcloud um but you know if i asked him the simple question of would you rather be playing that mobile game clash of clans or whatever the hell he's playing nowadays um or you know continuing your progress on borderlands 2 i can guarantee you what the answer is going to be so I think it's going to be interesting. I think uh, this is a play at a much, much bigger, wide-ranging market than our um, console-focused opinions. Yep. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I just thought it was an interesting focus point for, for Sony to say that I think you guys are exactly right. It's a, if it's not broke, don't fix it. They've had a fantastic generation. And uh, I think what has made them successful this generation and carried that success through is these big kind of tentpole games so it doesn't surprise me at all to hear them saying this. So that's about it. So anyway, good conversation, guys. Let's uh, let's cover these last few news items a little on the smaller front here. So a couple uh, battle royale updates. So the PUBG console update is out. The latest update. It's a big one. So it adds a whole bunch of new features around uh, weapon mastery, um, basically unlockables, things you can skills and challenges that you can unlock on every weapon in the game. It adds new weapons, adds a whole bunch more polish, some revisements to the original Erangel map, and uh, just, you know, just continued updates. So, uh, you know, Bert and I were actually playing yesterday, um, enjoying the hell out of it. PUBG, I was saying, it's just one of those games. I still think it's the best Battle Royale game. I was kind of on the Apex Legends train there for a while, um, and I, you know, it's hard to argue that Apex Legends didn't bring some unique things and is the most polished. 
but I think from an overall kind of a dynamics perspective and depth perspective for sure, PUBG is just still my, my favorite. I keep going back to it and it keeps getting better. So um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think PUBG's in that weird space to where they took a little while to evolve into the new features that other games are bringing. And I think they're picking the things they like the best from Apex, from Blackout, from Fortnite even, and even uh, the Firestorm game, and now are implementing it in their game. And it's still a blast. Um, I, I, To your point, and I, I don't know what it is about PUBG. It's just every single game brings a new experience, new jokes, new laughs, new way to flip your Jeep in dumb ways. Um, <laughs> it's just so much fun, and um, I'm glad that they're evolving it and they haven't just kind of abandoned it and started working on something else. So I, I really appreciate them working hard on that. Yeah, PUBG, man. Yeah. I was going to say, Dan, this, we know this isn't up your alley. Anything you want to mention? No, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm glad, you know, any, anytime you see you know, developers consistently, you know, updating their game and sticking with it. That's what you want to see, you know, and it sets a good precedent for the rest of the industry, Um, especially in the saturated kind of genre of Battle Royale. You know, when you see games coming out like Apex that are, you know, pushing the envelope in maybe different directions and uh, adding different things, you know, you've got to, you know, not only, you know, continue to... uh, put those features in if you need to, you know, and react to it. Um, you, you just have to, to be competitive anymore. There's so many of these games now that are competing for that same space. Um, it's good for them, for sure, to keep doing this. Yep. Yeah, but it plays really well. Um, you know, it's a night and day different from where it was even just a year ago, so it's good to see. <laughs> on on that front, and good transition here is Apex Legends. Uh, season 2 arrives in just a few days, maybe as you're listening to this, actually, on July 2nd. That brings the new, uh, the new hero, Watson, that we saw at E3, along with some other changes, a new battle pass, and, you know, new unlockables, things of that nature. So looking forward to jumping back in here as well. I know Bert and I were talking last night as we were playing PUBG. I think the one thing that's really holding me back from from really getting back to Apex a lot is just the map. Um, You know, it's still a single map. It's still a small map. It hasn't really evolved. And so you can cover, you know, 50% or more of that map in a single match. And so just playing it over and over again, um, it really does become a little repetitive in terms of the uh, encounters you will have with other players, even though the dynamics of the uh, characters and the combat is a little more advanced than the other games. It's just uh, you see those same spaces in every match, whereas, you know, playing something like PUBG that has four maps, um, two of them, actually three of them, are probably a lot bigger than the Apex map, and there's just a lot more variety in what you experience match to match. And so that's what's holding me back. That's what I want to see out of Apex uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think Apex is fantastic. I'm still kind of uh, not sold on the whole dragon thing. I think that's interesting, but it's a weird thing to bring into the game. Um, I, I think it's going to be fun. It's a great game to play with just three people. If you want something really quick, you can probably knock out two or three games in an hour, whereas PUBG, you're playing maybe one game for the entire hour. So if you need that quick, you know, uh, experience that's going to be a lot of fun with your teammates in the Battle Royale realm, it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see what they're bringing from it. I hope they evolve more of the actual game, maybe add some new maps and stuff, as you were saying, um, in order for it to get to that next level for people to stick to it. I think a lot of people played a ton of it at the beginning, took a break like we did, but there's still some people that have played just nothing but that. So it's kind of an interesting experience to go back to after taking a long break from it. I mean, this to the same point, you know, you, you've got to continue to evolve your game in this genre. And, you know, Fortnite does it. I don't play it, but you, you can see it 
and how Epic Games just continues right. to just pump out content and change stuff up season after season, even in the middle of seasons, you know, it's just, it's insane. Um, and it's probably pretty hard to keep up with what they're doing. Um, I, I just can't even imagine another game doing it like that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Fortnite, but it's just, they, they know what they're doing. They know how to keep that game fresh. Um, they know how to, you know, continue to give these players what they want. They listen to their feedback. And as long as Apex, PUBG, uh, whatever other games are out there that do that, you know, or Battlefield, which I haven't seen any kind of updates on that, or uh, Blackout. I know they're still, you know, adding stuff here and there. Um, that that's what you got to do. So. Yep. Yeah, you're right about Fortnite. I think Epic, when they started hitting that really huge revenue with that game, they just, you know, they brought in more and more people to focus on that, and they've done a tremendous job on that front. I wish, I actually wish, I enjoyed it more because it does you know kind of get freshened up more than the others all right last piece guys real quick and uh one you know moving back to our most anticipated game or one of them is cyberpunk 2077 and just a little small piece of news uh as everyone kind of expected this is going to be a massive massive title when it launches in april and we now know that the uh at least at the moment the initial install size for the game is going to be around 80 gigabytes so uh, I know Witcher 3, current, you know, the base game is like 42 gigs, so about double Witcher 3 size as it stands today. Now, some of that obviously could be due to uh, different texture sizes or what have you that take up more space. But regardless, this definitely points to the game being just as big and expansive as uh, everyone thought it was going to be. Yep, won't have a problem with my uh, 16 terabytes. So, whatever it is, <laughs> you're already ready. I'm ready to go ready to go i'm actually Dan's like i'm preloaded yes, what are you I actually about? bought a I, uh, I bought a one terabyte ssd so i'm very smart to, very smart yeah, that's gonna be one of those games that is probably that's what i run that's what i run all my games on man once you once you start running on the ssd there's no going what? back especially for a game like cyberpunk it, it'll make a big difference yeah i've had a 500 gig uh ssd for a while now but i'm just tired of moving them back and forth you know so yep this will be yeah. much easier. Yeah, Dan, Dan, did you buy one of those external drives that's ready to go, or did you buy the hard drive and then bought the kit to put it into the, for the, the SSD? The one I have currently, or it hasn't gotten here yet, the one terabyte one. Um, the one I have currently, though, is just the, it's like a Samsung, just plug and play. The, I also got, I got another Samsung coming, but that one came with, you have to buy the mounting kit for the external. So, um I got that one coming too. Actually, I actually have two of them because I'm going to put one in my PS4 as well. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. Funny enough, I had seen a few sites that looked at the install size for other games like Red Dead. I think Gears is. is it's Gears is like 115 gigs now. Gears is over. Um, is over 100. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's DLC that they've added throughout time, but it's still kind of crazy yep. to think that games um, are now 180 gigs, you know, as far as overall base size. So games are getting really big. Um, it even makes me think a little bit about next generation. Are we going to see standard two terabyte consoles with, you know, the, yes. the new things that are coming out? I think that'll be the entry level, or maybe the one terabyte will be entry level, and the upgraded one will be two terabyte or something. Because if you think of the start of this generation, we started out with 500, <laughs> and if you go back a generation before that it was maybe 20 gigabytes for i think the launch console for the playstation it was 3. it was tw yeah. 20 on uh, both yep so it's we've come a very long way it's funny to think that last generation we can't even install 
you know, a quarter of the size of a current game that's up. Of <laughs> one game. So, yeah. Very cool. Uh, that means Cyberpunk's going to be big. I can't wait to play that game, damn it. Let's let's just move on because I'm going to go put my visor on. <laughs> you know, I, I, you joke about 360 and PS3 being 20 gigabyte launch. You guys remember that the 360 also had an arcade model that had no hard drive. You bought memory packs for it. You remember that? I do. It wasn't like a four gigabyte thing that you could buy for Yeah, it, it was yeah, four gigabyte memory yeah. sticks. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. But yeah, I think, I mean, at least the latest rumor, um, spec leak, what do you want to call it on the um, Scarlet, is it's going to have that 512 gigabyte uh, NVMe, super, you know, super fast, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but then also a two terabyte internal as well. So it's actually going to have two drives native and probably allow you to just move your, whatever game you're playing currently to that ultra fast drive. That'd be awesome. So, yep. Pretty cool. Um, all right, one uh, one just small rumor to talk about, guys, uh, on the Nintendo front is that there's some comments that they're looking to expand the game offering for Switch Online, and this shouldn't really come as any surprise. There was a um, some leaks a few months ago around some SNES games potentially showing up on Switch Online. You know, moving from away from just being NES, and Nintendo said they are, you know, they are looking at that. So <laughs> this uh, uh, it's Nintendo. I just want to say, like, isn't this obvious, right? Like, why would you not be offering SNES games, excuse me, um, and just, you know, only offering NES when you have that huge library you could pull from? Or even N64 games, you know, there's so many games that they could be offering on the service to give it more value. Yeah, I'll, I'll start my quick two, three words about this by thanking Dan for letting us leech off his Switch online support <laughs> membership. Because... Uh, if he didn't, I'd have a really hard time subscribing to the Nintendo Switch Online service. Thanks for the NES games while they're there, but you gotta do something better than what you're offering here, guys. This is this is kind of a joke, but it is what it is. Dan, the floor is all yours. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say anymore. They got they get me. It doesn't matter what they do. They get me every damn time. You know what I bought? Bloodstained, yeah. the Switch. Why? Why did I do that? Because I don't I, know why. Because it's commonly known to run horribly on the Switch. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? I wanted to play it while I was on vacation. <laughs> Dan's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So maybe I am a mobile He's gamer. He's like, I, I bought no three idea. copies. I don't even know I'm why. I'm about to buy it on the Xbox, so I'm stupid. <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo, you pieces of shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, this is an obvious one. I I, I just put it on here because it was in the news. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there's anyone out there going, no, just keep it NES. No, everyone obviously wants more games and a better support from Switch Online because it's pretty atrocious right now. So come on. All right, let's talk about the big new releases though across all platforms. So um, some of these I know released the the week prior, but I'll just call out the, the latest games anyway. So we've got Judgment. Um, I know Dan, you'll you'll touch on that because you're playing that. Um, we've got Super Mario Maker 2, which uh, I haven't picked up yet, but I want to. So uh, I'll get to that soon. Sinking City, which looked interesting. I know some of our buddies are playing it. Yep. We got Crash Team Racing. Uh, I did pick up. I don't know if you guys did, but we'll talk about it. Bloodstained seems to be very very popular. It's getting rated extremely well. Um, so that that's finally out, but seems to be worth the wait. Except for on the and Switch. And then some game that I think like four people buy every year. Um, 
F1 2019. I don't really know what that is, but... I think you mean, uh, well, I am sporting my Red Bull F1 racing hat at the moment because Verstappen won this morning in Austria, so that's awesome. But I think you mean four million people were playing today, but thank you very much. (laughs) Are they all in I don't know. I don't know. He's rambling. He's rambling. We'll edit. We'll edit this part out. Don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) But no, Bert, why don't you kick us off? What have you been playing? You playing F1 yet? (laughs) Well... I've already finished my F2 career that it imported into my F1 career. Um, I'm loving it. It's the first time that they've done like a major overhaul with their graphics and stuff. I should have a full review up next BitCast. I'm ready, funny enough. Uh, probably about two-thirds of the way through my first season um, with my oh Red boy. Bull team. So I've been uh, playing it. My hands are jacked up again just from holding that gas pedal uh, really hard. <laughs> and guess what? I ordered the Logitech G920, which I can't wait to play. It's a legit pedals and wheel setup. Yeah. I can't oh, wait to get it all out. I am. I, I figured it's about time to do that. Um, you get the only the thing seats? that I'm debating is getting is getting the uh, the shifter because now all these games, you know, paddle shifting is the way to go. And that's what the cars actually have. So it'd be weird to shift with a shifter with an F1 car. That doesn't make any sense. But um, I think that's like a $70 (laughs) attachment to it. So uh, playing that, I did finish Darksiders 3. I'll talk about that review in just a second when everybody talks about their games. Loved it. Um, And other than that, I've been focusing on those games. I've tried a, a few of the small indie games. I tried a game called, I think it was Everspace, which had an awesome trailer. But when you get to the game, it's a little bit of a, it's okay. Um, but but that's what I've been focusing between those two this week. It's been a busy week at work and a lot of stuff going on, so that's not, not as much as I usually do. Uh, so just a comment on the shifter real quick. Yeah, I think you know you know as well as I do that in real life, right? A lot of people keep the manual just from a mm-hmm. feedback and interaction with the car, whereas when you're playing this game, I mean, it, that seems completely unnecessary. I would think so. Yep. Especially if you're playing F1 primarily, like you said. Well, so. the, but that's awesome. It's the steering wheel that you have. It's got the paddle shifters it. on it. Yeah, it comes yeah. with the, the paddle know. shifters on it. Yep. Yeah, so that'll be cool. You have to uh, maybe do a little video on that. I will do. I will do. So are you getting the, the whole so, Dan, rack? I know. Uh, are you getting the, the whole seat? The what? Like the... the, the no. Oh, so there's this. There's actually this a setup that you can get, which kind of is a, it's like its own platform. I'm not sure really what to call it, but you, you install your wheel and your pedals onto it, and then you can just sit in any seat. I, I don't really have the space anywhere to have like a whole setup for it, but um, I'll show you, awesome. I'll show you a few pictures of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Awesome. So Dan, I know you're playing some of the games I've been wanting to hear about, actually. Um, Judgment's not up my alley, but you've got. Uh, I think be. you were playing my friend Pedro and Bloodstained as well. So uh, let's hear. Yeah, so Judgment's the one I've been playing the most of. I mean, that when I got back, um, when I left, I left right the day after it came out, so I only got a little bit into it. Um, okay. But I've been playing that pretty much nonstop since uh, uh, I got back, and it's awesome. It's basically Yakuza. So, but I love that game. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's 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 Kamarucho, you know, the city that you're in, the little subsection of Tokyo, and it's the same damn city in every single Yakuza. But I love it because it's like my home. <laughs> like if it, I don't even know if it's actually real. If it is, <laughs> I'd like to go there because I feel like I know every store, where to get food, where to go play games, where to you know. I mean, I I, I know my way around that city. Yeah. I can go get a wild burger, you know, go to Wild Jackson's and get a, you know, some some chicken and you know, go to Stardust and check out some of the 
Japanese hostesses, and I mean, it's crazy how much I know about <laughs> oh, that whole. Whoa. I'm just saying, it's not. It's different. <laughs> it's a. It's still weird, you know. It's still very, you know. I I don't even like saying the word, but it's very based in Japan, you know, where where these, you mm-hmm. know, like it seems like every Yakuza game has some kind of like panty fetish or mission where you have to like hunt down a panty thief, which is fine because <laughs> you know it is what it is. It's just it's just it's got those really weird Japanese. In, in idiosyncrasies and little touches that I don't know. I play it with uh, Japanese language and then English subtitles because that's how I played every one of them. Um, I'm not sure if I could play it with them speaking English. I never really tried it. Um, it just kind of makes it a better experience for me. Um, but it's awesome. I love it. Um, I thought I wouldn't like it because, you know, I'm, I'm so used to uh, uh, Kiru from the other games. Uh, and this is a whole new uh, character, so a whole new story, based in the same world, same city. It's just, and you know, same mechanics. It's, it's like a nice, warm pair of underwear that you like to <laughs> slip into, and it's always very familiar. <laughs> I'm sure that you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a better analogy we could have used. Probably, there. Yeah. but you know what? <laughs> it's a like shoes? home. It's like home cooking. Nah, it's like underwear. um it's awesome i'm loving i'll have a review up hopefully this week sometime i should be pretty close uh my friend pedro is one of those games where it's so good and so much fun to play and so stupid um i really want to like blast through it but i can't because it's one of those games where you play it and you can actually challenge yourself to do better on every level and get better grades so i've only actually played like three levels but i played those three levels over and over and over and over again because I'm trying to get better at the game, um, and you just you just basically it's like a little side-scrolling John Woo flick with a banana. <laughs> it's in your head. That's your friend Pedro. So right now that's all, that's the best I got on that one. It's super fun, and it, you know for twenty bucks or whatever it was, it's super super worth it. Um, and then Bloodstained, I only just played. I played through the first boss, and I love it. It's super fun, um, and I probably end up picking it up on the Xbox um, and playing it on there. I just really wanted to play it, so I was like, "Well, let's buy it for the Switch because I'll be able to play a little bit." Um, shouldn't have, maybe, but still, really good game. Um, graphically, yeah, I'm ho- sure it's better. Hopefully, they fix it up. Yeah, I mean, it still works. I mean, the problem is when you when you sit there, and this is my biggest complaint with the Switch. And Nintendo and Xbox or or PlayStation is that for some reason Nintendo decided to switch their stupid buttons. Where oh, you know, yeah yeah it's just dumb. Like PlayStation and Xbox, you can play pretty much you know you can just interchange them, right? You can play they're the same, right? It's yeah. X is you know maybe in a different spot, but that button where it is does the same thing as, you know, X and A do the same thing, and they're in the same spot. Well, the A button is off to the right on the stupid Switch controller, and so when I try to back out of stuff, I end up going farther into stuff, or vice versa, <laughs> and it drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Because I played Zelda for a long time, too. <coughs> I know you have, Ames. I actually went through it and finished another playthrough of it, and it was still <laughs> awesome. But, yeah, then going from that and going back to, say, Judgment... I still do it. I'm like, okay, go into the menu, try to back out of the menu. I go into further into the menu, and I'm like, where the fuck am I? What is happening? God damn it, Nintendo! Your stupid buttons. 
So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a good it's been a good uh, vacation with uh, all the games I've been playing. So, <coughs> well, you guys have been playing a lot more than me. Um, we already talked about PUBG, so the, really the only other game I've been playing is Zelda. Um, so really, due to you guys, um, after the announcement, you're both talking about Breath of the Wild again, and uh, Dan, you talked about going back to it, and I was like, all right, fine, I'm going to go back to it for the fourth time, and really, really try this time to like it. Um, broke my collector's edition guide out, opened it, and I still had it unopened from when I first bought the game, and um, started playing, and I, I'm, uh, I don't know, well, I'm 10 to 15 hours in, probably. Uh, definitely have gotten farther than I did in my previous playthrough, so that's good. I am enjoying it a little more. Dan, to your point, the buttons being reversed drive me absolutely bonkers. So it has taken me hours upon hours to not be hitting the wrong thing. Um, but I'm, I'm getting there because it's really, like I said, the only game I've been playing. So <clears throat> I yesterday or the day before, I beat the first Divine Beast. Um, I'm now in the desert. I think I'm headed towards the second Divine Beast. And done some of the side content, kind of explored a little bit. So I am enjoying it. Um, you know, there's aspects I don't enjoy about it, but that's okay. You know, some people probably love those aspects. So I'm going to try to push through and beat it just to just to beat it. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully I'll stick with it. But I, I have been playing it pretty much solely, so that's pretty cool. Um, nice. Anyway, so that's what we've been playing so i think uh you know i am looking forward to i want to play bloodstained i bought crash team racing i've played it once <laughs> i don't even know why i bought it because it's not a game i'm going to sit there and play by myself and i don't know how often we're all going to play so um i've got some other games i need to play too uh, i would still like to finish layers of fear 2 i started that it's really good um but it's just just time been traveling a lot so hopefully over the next month or two i have a little more time so Anyway, um, why don't we move on then to name that game? We haven't done this in weeks and weeks because of E3 and traveling and guests and our schedule. So why don't we go ahead and kick this back up to one of our, uh, our favorite games here. Dan, you're, you're leading us this week, right? Hopefully yes. not astray. Yeah, you guys should have no problem getting this. But with that being said... <laughs> I, think, I think we say that all the yeah, time. We, well, we do. But I have total faith <laughs> in you guys. Because um, here's the thing, you know, we we started this thing. Big mistake, right? And I I don't know where my head was, but it kind of went from okay, let's do a game that's you know very it's had a big impact on me, or that's 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 you know we we've we're very you know fond of or something, and then it kind of you know migrated to I'm gonna fucking stump the hell out of these dudes. And there's no way in hell they're going to get it. So I'm going to bring it back to one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> so, right. first Duke, question. Duke Nukem 3D. Yes. You just lost your first guess. <laughs> no. All right, guys. Oxen free. That's, if that is ever on this, that will be the final episode I do. Because, obviously, <laughs> I've screwed something up. And if you guys ever do it, I'm also out. So, um, all right, who's who's guessing first, Dan? I don't give a shit. Uh, I think it, I think the rule I think the rule was the guest guesses first. Sorry, the uh, the host. Yeah, I guess the host. First. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. all right. Here we go. Game was released in 1982. Whoa! Holy shit balls! We're going back, boys. 
82. Uh, is that the that's the end of the clue? 82. That's it. I gotta I gotta I gotta right. split some of this up before you guys get it right away. All right. Um. 82. 82. 82. Let's go with the arcade version of Star Wars. Ooh, that's a good one though. No. I'm gonna go okay. with E.T. Damn. <laughs> also a good one. Which arcade the, the, version of Star Wars? My favorite game of all time. Said no, no one ever. No. Was that the one where you had like the 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 Tie Fighter X-wing one, where you got to sit? Yes. That was so the good. 3D space. That was a good one too. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, simultaneously released at the arcades and on the ColecoVision, as well as several other consoles. Um, in years to come. What was the start of that clue? I didn't understand. It was simultaneously said. released at the arcades. Oh, simultaneously. I got you. And the Coleco. Uh, Pong? Pong? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Nope. <laughs> uh, 82, 82, 82. So let's go with... Um, let's go with Donkey Kong. That's a negatory. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Number three, Milton Bradley released a board game for it later that year as well. ColecoVision and a board game version. Wow. That's right, buddy. That's a confusing one. ColecoVision, ColecoVision. No, it's Atari. I don't know. I don't have anything, so I'll say Pitfall. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, had, I had Pitfall in the back of my head somewhere. Um, I'm going to go with Clue. Ooh. Didn't know that was an arcade game, but no. Hard pass. Okay. All righty. Let's see where we're at here. Damn it. Hold on. And, all right. Number four. It has made various appearances in pop culture, including an episode of Remington Steel, Home Improvement, and one of the Friday the 13th movies. Oh, my goodness. The, you're saying the game has, like, the actual game we're guessing or the franchise? The game. Okay. The game has uh, made gotcha. episode or appearances. Uh, Tetris. I don't know. Mm. No. Can't be Tetris, yeah. Damn Let's it. go with Space Invaders. No, but that's a good guess. Oh, I have an idea what it is now. Here it is. Go ahead. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Bert's got it. Every time Bert says that, he makes me nervous, and then I have to guess being nervous. Yes. Yeah, Damn it. That's part of the strategy. Luckily, he's never gotten it after saying that. So. I know what it is. He knows I do what know is. what it is. In 2012, this isometric shooter was included in the Art of Video Games exhibition at the Smithsonian. Oh my goodness. Oh. Isometric Man. shooter, so. There it is. I laid it out for you. Isometric shooter. Def Defender. Ooh, no. That was not it. I like Defender, though. That was a good game. Hmm. Is it Missile Command? Oof. 
That was also a good game, but also the wrong answer. That was going to be actually my first guess. No. Luckily, I didn't. Good thing you didn't. Damn it. Damn it. Don't, don't know what it is, then. I, I do have another guess that's in my head, so go ahead, Dan. Okay. It's Bert's guess, though. Here we go. 2006. This game was included as a bonus on the Sega Genesis collection for the PS2, and also as an unlockable in Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection for the 360 and the PS3. Oh, God, I was just playing that not too long ago. Mm, you should have unlocked it. Funny. Bionic Commando. Oh, I love that game. That was one of my favorite Nintendo games. No. 82. Yeah, that was way off. I have, I have no idea, honestly. I'm just throwing all, all right. the games up. I am going to go with Centipede. No. Gosh, yeah, now I want to go back and play all these games. Jesus. So number seven. No, you don't. A lot of these have not <coughs> aged very well. <laughs> Funny enough, I did play this game just recently. Uh, with that in mind, the previous uh, clue... It was developed and produced by Sega. God. Is Sega even around in '82? What's going on here? Oh, the other one. Yeah, were. they had um, they had a console back then uh, before the Master System called the KM3000 or something like that. I, I can't oh. remember now. '82 um, Sega. Oh my goodness. Dan went way, way into the archives on us. This I, lo- I love this. It, we all, it, he always goes, this is an easy one, guys. You'll get this for sure. Listen, We're on question it, seven, and we're like blowing through them. I'll give you a free one right here. I played it this weekend. No, no, no. I played it. No, 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 I, no. That's a no. freebie. That doesn't even tell you what it is. All I'm telling you is I played I was going to say, that's not even a hint. I played it this weekend. Well, yep. That could be anything. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, Thought about this game when I was farting earlier. I mean, jeez. <laughs> God, the fact that it's on the Genesis collection, the Sonic one, because I've played that quite a bit, but I, it's not ringing any bells. Made by Sega, 82. I, oh. Oh! I got it. Yep. I got it. Do it. Uh, Zaxxon. That's it. That is it. Boom! Zaxxon, baby! What the hell is your problem? Zaxxon. Never heard classic. of that game. Classic. Game. Never heard of that game. Get out of here. I don't know why I just stood up. We're still recording. I'm going to sit back down. Yeah. You stood up. Boo-hoo. I did. I stood up and like jumped up like I was going to walk somewhere. The gloves are off. Next time I'm playing Name That Game, just want to let you know. <laughs> all right, Medios There will be too. a Medios circle. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> I, I, in all seriousness, I am surprised you haven't heard of Zaxxon. That was yeah. a pretty popular arcade yeah, well, game. So the, I, think if you saw, I think if you saw a video of it, Bert, you'd, you'd recognize yeah. it. Well, I'm sure I would. Not. <laughs> the object of the game, here's the rest of the hints, uh, was to hit as many targets as possible without being shot down or running out of fuel. Uh, it was the first arcade game to be advertised on television. Little known fact. This wow. one, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a that's a cool little fact of the day. Okay, so um, this was the first game to employ axonmetric projections, which lent its name to the game. I was going to say, I think it's the first game that was um, like a 3D isometric plane. It kind of combined that 2D mechanics, but with this kind of corner view flying uh, design. It was interesting. So in Colorado, they have, in uh, Manitow Springs, they have the Penny Arcade. This is why I thought about it. We went over there, and they've got like shopping and little shops and stuff. I said, go do whatever you guys want. I'll be over here with my $10 and quarters. And I played the crap out of that game. 
got the gotcha. number one spot for the day. Thank you very much, Zaxxon. <laughs> All right. Well, that was cool. Um, I don't know. Was that question seven or eight, Dan, for our history books? Seven? Okay. All right. Cool. So that is Name That Game for this week. Let's uh, go ahead and close out this episode couple things uh, to talk about. So Backseat Gaming's been on hiatus with E3, and like we said, everything else going on. We're going to be recording a new episode, start of a new series tomorrow. So look for that late this week, probably by next weekend. Um, next weekend as well, I'm going to be doing a charity stream for Extra Life like I've done before. I'm actually not even sure what game I'm going to be playing yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. But this is going to be basically tied to the Zaxxon. This is going to be tied to the giveaway for a bunch of stuff from E3. So I've got shirt, codes, pins, an art book, lanyards, all kinds of stuff from E3, uh, along with probably a few digital goodies as well. Uh, a simple $10 donation will get your name entered, and then I'm going to basically pick through the names, you know, randomly, obviously, and uh, announce winners, and they can pick whatever item, uh, one item out of the, the group that you want, and I'll ship it to you. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, look for details on on that coming this week, both on my Twitter account and on uh, on the site itself. And then, Bert, um, you mentioned Darksiders 3 review coming this week as well. Anything you want to say about that before we close out? No, no just look out for the review. Might even do something video-ish with it just to talk about the franchise of Darksiders in general. So that'll be out in the next few days. Cool. cool. All right, guys. And, Dan, we got to still sit down. Uh, we've been kind of apart for a while. we got to sit down and do that controller thing for the PlayStation yes, as well. So we can. I'll schedule that soon. But sure. anyway, thanks, as always, guys, for tuning in. Truly, truly appreciate it. Please uh, like and subscribe if you enjoy it. And uh, always open to feedback. Otherwise, that was BitCast62, and we will see you next week.